You're listening to The Pursuit, a podcast from the Salem Baptist Church of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The Pursuit is a podcast designed to help people find and pursue life in Jesus through transparent conversations about God, His Word, and His Church. You can find more about Salem Baptist Church by visiting our website at salembaptistnow.org. All right, welcome to The Pursuit. I'm Pastor Rick, uh, Pastor of Education and Discipleship here at Salem Baptist Church, and I'm joined with Kivit Hicks, our senior pastor. Today we're going to talk about a topic that, um, for our time right now, is pretty important, pretty prevalent, and that's the idea or the discussion regarding the church's duties uh, or responsibilities and obedience to the state. At the time of, of this podcast recording, we are in Phase 2 here in North Carolina uh, of our Go Back I guess I'll say go back to normal uh, here. And we're looking at opening up. Churches around the city, around the state are opening. And we are planning on opening up uh, June 14th. And we wanted to have a conversation about what does it mean for us as a church to obey the authority that's been given to us, uh, specifically our state and national government. So Pastor Kivett, you wanna start us off here? Man, it's it's good to to be here, good to have this conversation. We're in a little different place right now because we were gonna record this podcast down in our office area, but there's some construction taking place in our auditorium, so it was loud down there. But um, but so now we're, we're, we've been relegated to the fellowship hall of, of our church, which is great. Um, so you're but, saying that to make sure that if anybody's <coughs> listening, the echo that we're hearing, yeah. uh, if there's an echo, we're sorry about that, but we're in a big room right now. This is a nice nice place to be here this morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I uh, over the last 10 weeks, because now we've been in this thing for 10 weeks, of uh, of COVID-19 and there's been there's been all kinds of discussion all over the place about what kind of responsibility do we as believers as churches have in, in obeying authorities uh, you know within within just a couple of days of us actually no within 24 hours of us announcing that we were not going to meet uh, the first Sunday back in March well let's see it was the third Sunday together in, in the yeah. month of March but the first Sunday where we were closed yeah uh, Within 24 hours, I got an email from, from someone who uh, was, was arguing that, that we should not be closing our church uh, and that the government was overstepping their authority in requesting that, that churches do so. And you know, from, from that very first day, there's been debate about this. And, um, and I, I'll be the first to say that we're going to come out of this time and there's going to be a huge amount of, of conversation about what role does government play in, in allowing churches to meet or not allowing them to meet or, or, or whatever. There's going to be lawsuits. There's already lawsuits we're looking at. Um, but, uh, but we're going to have a lot more clarity moving forward. However, it's important for us as believers to really truly understand what does God have to say about obeying authority and what does God have to say about submitting to authority. Uh, and, and, and God's Word really does have a whole lot to say about it, and that's one of the reasons I'm thankful for us to, to approach this topic in the way that we are today. Uh, and, and I know that um, I know it's going to be beneficial for, for those who are listening to, to be able to hear my perspective, your perspective, Rick, on this, and then maybe for us to be able to be unified a little bit more moving forward from this time of, of this podcast. Yeah. And that's one of the things about the Pursuit podcast that I really, we both have a vision for. This is a, a place where we can speak to people. Maybe they won't even be able to con- meet with us in the congregation, but they can get our opinions on issues such as this. And I think it's a good conversation to have. Yeah. 
Um, it's actually a conversation that started a little earlier. I kind of gave a shout out to this podcast from another podcast I'm a part of, The Bible Guys, where we took a look at Romans 13 and talked about what does it mean to uh, be submissive to the authority because God has given um, that authority to us. Today is more about how now does a church do ministry? How does a church interact with, with the governing authority? So I thought the first thing we should kind of do is, as you mentioned earlier, what does the Bible teach us about these things? Rather than just look at the Romans 13, because all, a lot of the New Testament talks about it, um, want to kind of follow what the, what the New Testament says about authority. Um, number one, first thing is that we see that in the New Testament, authority exists as a hierarchy. Um, there is one authority overall, that being God, but that God has instituted various forms of authority over us for, for our safety, for our good, for training. Romans 13 tells us that. For, uh, for discipline, um, we need authority. Otherwise, we have anarchy. That's found in Romans 13, of course, in 1 Peter. So we have that authority structure. Um, so God has instituted government for that reason. Second, we're told in Scripture, we're, we're actually more told in Scripture to pray for authority than we are to look for ways we can disobey authority. Now, I'm going to say this on this kind of thing. I think sometimes, and I've been following that too, Pastor Kevin, yeah. um, we're both on Twitter, and I've kind of followed, you get caught up in those Twitter beefs. Um, there's, and and I, you shouldn't read the comments, but that's a lot of entertainment for me. Well, that's where I go to first oftentimes. If I see it might yeah. be a controversial an original tweet, then I go to the comments just to see all the controversy. Oh, I do too. I, I do too, and it's yeah. probably wrong. And we know it's wrong, but you know, save your emails, but um, or put it in the comment section. Right. But we, uh, so we look at those beefs that are going on, and I think a lot. What a, t- a lot of the times I'm seeing people making statements that really aren't. It's not a problem. They're looking for ways to disobey the authority over them, rather than um, going with what has been said. Now, Scripture tells us in First Timothy, and I'm going to read that passage to to pray for the authorities, and we have a reason for that. Mm-hmm. This is found in First Timothy two. Uh, it says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Here's why. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, yeah. as I've read that in the past and as I've taught that, we're really praying there for those government authorities in order that we could have a culture of safe gospel proclamation. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I think about praying for government authorities, and I think, and I I'm, I'm tend to be the world's worst at that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, I'm all about praying for um, those around me who are hurting. I'm all about praying through a list of church members, through a list of missionaries, through needs that I know are going on around me. But then I, I stop and think, okay, but yeah, it should be a part of my daily prayer life for me to pray for these government authorities because um, they are people that God has has instituted. It's it's it's, um, it's authorities that God has put in place for uh, for leading us and, and for for um, really for there to be a level of morality. Um, and, and a level of, of order about God's earth. You know, that's one of the, that's, that's, I believe the reason he puts government authorities in place to start with. But um, you know, I think about, think about 1 Peter chapter 2, and, and one of the things that, 
that stands out to me when, when Peter's talking about being subject to human institution in verse 13, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, it says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Uh, and then give some examples, the emperor, uh, the governors. Um, but he says there, be subject for the Lord's sake. And that's, the, that's a statement that kind of makes me stop for a second, okay? Not just be subject to human institution, but he, he throws in that statement of for the Lord's sake. And I, I, I truly, truly believe that Peter does that because he understands what it's like to submit first to the Lord, um, but then submit to the Lord's uh, supremacy, his, his sovereignty, the fact that he has put these institutions in place to, to begin with. You get on down to verse 15 and you read, for this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Now, I don't know any foolish people, and I never see any foolish people at all in this, in this world. You just said you're on Twitter. Right, right exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, the reality is there's foolish people all over the place. Right. And there's, there's people who honestly don't know what the Lord has to say in his word about submitting to authority. And, um, and, and, the, and Peter's very clear here. When you follow the will of God, by being subject to these human institutions, um, you're doing good. And, and you're putting to silence the foolish things of this of this world. So if we want to, what that tells me, if, if we want to put to silence the foolish things of this world, then start just by obeying God and following following His will and being submissive to to those authorities. You know, then, and then you move on to that that one of the ways you practically do that is by praying for your authorities. Um, I don't agree with everything that President Trump does, but I pray for him. Um, because I believe that God has put him in, in a position of authority over me. And this one, this one really kind of sticks with me sometimes. Governor Cooper, I really don't understand a lot of what he does, or I'm frustrated by a lot of what he does, but he is the authority that is, has been put in place. And so I pray for him, and I, I pray that, that um, he will be sensitive to what God, uh, the way that God is, is leading. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a thought there about that. Just be a subject for the Lord's sake. Pastor Good, I like what you said there, and it was a very, I think, a very mature way of handling because you said, hey, I don't agree with this or that. However, mm -hmm. this is my responsibility. Um, I was sharing this on a, another uh, podcast about, um, this was back um, in, there was an election that had happened, and uh, it was one of those, I mean, they always say, this election could change the face. <laughs> always. I'm thinking, have we noticed history? Every election does those things. Um, but this election was a big deal, and there was real lot of emotions. Well, after the day, the day after the election, a uh, new president was elected. I wrote an article about um, from Romans 13, and the, the title was Commit to Submit. What I learned this day was make sure your article title is good, because that's probably what most people are going to read. Mm -hmm. um, so in the article, I talked about how the election may not have gone the way you wanted, yeah. but we as Christians, our only responsibility mm -hmm. now is to pray for the person elected and to submit to the authority over us. Right. And I even put in a little caveat in there about unless we're asked to do something that goes against clear scripture. Yeah. Well, the very next day I got a response by an anonymous poster. Mm -hmm. You always love those. Exactly. The anonymous poster responded basically questioning my own Christianity uh -huh. in supporting a president who says this or that. Um, I responded back, well, my first response was deleted. My second response was more cordial where it was, brother, I understand where you're coming from. However, um, we live the country we live in now. I think the main issue that they were speaking on was the topic of abortion, which I am against. Um, but the statement was made: How could you support a president who does this? 
well, I, I kind of shared with how we we live in a culture now where it's it's legal, but it's not mandatory. Mm-hmm. Now we we live. I hate it. I hate that. However, my my role now as a Christian is to submit to the authority unless I'm asked to go against that. Yeah. And so that kind of leads to the next question. Some of our listeners may be having it after we just kind of laid out that uh, discussion on authority. Mm-hmm. Well, what about when authority goes against Scripture? Yeah. Are there places in Scripture where we are required, it's demanded of us Mm -hmm. to civilly disobey in those situations. I immediately go to Acts 4. And in Acts 4, you have Peter and John. They've been arrested for healing the the man who was lame uh, since since his uh, birth. He's put in prison. He's told by the council not to speak or teach in the name Mm -hmm. of Jesus anymore. And Peter's famous words, whether it's better to obey God or man, you decide. Yeah. And then they go out and continue doing it. Right. All right? Yeah, uh, well, <clears throat> first of all, Acts 4 is one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. And I probably say that about a bunch of stories. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it really is, partly because of, of Peter and John's boldness in the face of the very same men who had Jesus killed. Mm-hmm. These are the very same people who, who, had, um, who, had, who had tried Jesus, given him that mock trial, and accused him. But... Um, but they're standing there, and and they're they're just they just lay it out there, you know. When 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 these authorities say you can't speak anymore in this name, so in the name of Jesus, uh, they they very clearly said we we cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that reminds me that when when uh, when you have been truly changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, that uh, and when it has impacted you. Uh, it doesn't really matter what kind of government authority or what kind of opposition or what kind of whatever may come along. Um, you can't help but speak of the change that's taken place in your life. So not just talking about government authorities here, which that's a major component of what we're talking about here today, but in general, when you've been impacted by the gospel, it's going to come out. And we see the model here from Peter and John is that, that you know what? Um, we can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard in front of these government authorities. Okay, so so if we were to bring it to our culture here today, um, there are there are countries all around the world in which it is illegal. You you cannot speak the name of Jesus. You you cannot pass out Bibles. You cannot read your Bible if you had one. Um, that is that is an, a, a prime example of government authorities keeping you from. Or outlawing you uh, from from sharing about Jesus, um, which is not where we are. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, there has been, I think, some censoring that has maybe taken place on a personal level from from some government leaders, but as a as widespread uh, government as a whole within the United States, we we haven't seen that. It's, mm-hmm. it's been you can still meet, you can still just do it online, you know. Do other other methods, but I think I think the model throughout Scripture is very clear. Um, let the change inside of you come out, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah, it's good. So this week we're just talking. We've been talking about Twitter today. Uh, maybe that'll be the title of the Pastors Bash Twitter. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but we, on social media, um, there was this image that was going around. Yeah. Um, and I I saw it on several different of uh, the feeds that I follow. And I thought, wow, that's that's a big deal. And I and I sent it around, and you guys had all seen it. Mm-hmm. 
um, where if you haven't seen the graph, it goes something like this, where you have these old circles all around. Uh, there are, yeah, I think, uh, seven circles. Mm -hmm. And in each one of them, there's like a, a comment or a, an emo that, it, that signifies an emotion that a member of the church could have. Mm -hmm. And right in the middle is the pastor. He's yeah. interlocked with all of them. So think Venn diagram. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I didn't know what that was called. That's I call okay. it a bubble <laughs> image. It's a bubble image. All right. Um, but but in, right in the middle is the pastor. And it's the he's, he's got to interact with all of these because he's the, he's the shepherd. Uh, pastor is not the CEO of a business where he can just look at somebody and say, well, if you need to find a better place to work, go work there. No, he's shepherding souls. Yeah. And so... Um, I'll just kind of walk through a couple of these questions that people, I'm not going to, we're not going to answer all these. I just kind of want to show how, how does this now play for us at, as a church? Yeah. Uh, there's some that say, um, we need to open the church building. I need to be there and see everyone. What are you waiting for? And then on the other side of that is you can't open the church building yet. It's a huge health risk. You're wrong if you do that. And so you have both of those. Um, and then in the middle of all this, and it shows how there are different interactions. So, for example, you have one group saying, it's all a big hoax, it's a conspiracy, a media frenzy. Here's an article, read this. You ever get those pastor? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to call anybody out. I don't don't. say any names. <laughs> don't do it. Don't but do I keep it. getting this, these, these uh, Facebook messages from, from several different people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they're conspiracy. Maybe, maybe they are not conspiracy theorists, but they're following people who are. So, yeah. So... Right. Yeah, that's happening a lot. Yeah, get those two. Um, the clickbait articles. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then you have the other side that says, I got a family member who just passed away from COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And so the whole point of this is to show we've got people on both sides. Yeah. If we made this a political conversation, yeah. we have Democrats, Republicans, independents yeah. in, in the auditorium. So, and we're always being asked to, to take a side. Right. So help us with this. Yeah. How does the pastor... And for that's, this is for church members who are listening, but also pastors who are listening. How does the pastor navigate those waters? Yeah. Um, with, with a lot of <clears throat> grief, mourning, gnashing of teeth, sleepless nights, <laughs> just yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah, full disclosure. We've talked about this before in right. public or private. The pastor of a church has the worst sleep, <laughs> I, I think, besides the, you know, the, the watchman at night. Yeah. Well... You know, the, the reality is, even if there's not people in the church speaking these things, these are all voices that the pastor hears, and these are all arguments that are out there that, that you're wrestling with. Because, you know, the, the, the argument of we need to open the church building now, I need to be there, see everybody, what are you waiting for, um, is in the back of our minds. But then you got on the other side, um, yeah, but here's 25 things you need to do if you want to meet in, in the building again. Um, and so there's there's... There's this constant pulling in all different directions of, of which way do we go here? And, and we, we could stay closed for a while longer and be safe, or we could open up and, and continue carrying out one of the necessary functions of the church, which is gathering together uh, believers. That's biblical. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the, what I've found over the last several weeks, and this, and this goes honestly for any decision that's ever made in the church, there's this wrestling of from a leadership standpoint, there's a wrestling of what's the right thing to do and trying to look at all sides. But specifically here with, with COVID-19, um, uh, this is something I've wrestled over the last several weeks because there's sometimes that I'm in one boat and then I'll speak to somebody and I'm all of a sudden in the other boat. And um, But you can't lead that way. There, there's no leader who can effectively lead in that way. 
when, when, I am, when I am the most clear-headed is when I'm hearing the voices but not following the voices. And I'm instead saying, God, um, you are the one who promises wisdom. You're the one who has called me to this position. You're the one who equips me for this position. You're the one who allows uh, me to, to have the, the ability to speak into circumstances um, and give me the authority to do so. You, sh- you show me what's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, uh, and, there, and there always comes a point in which a decision is arrived at. And, you know, I may have some misgivings about it later. But most of the time, it's here's a decision. We're moving forward with it. That's good. And you 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 say this a lot. And matter of fact, you just preached a couple of weeks ago where you've said this before. Um, your statement is not everything from heaven has my name on it. Yeah. Um, you could probably even add there not every voice yeah. comes from <laughs> wisdom. Maybe you should use that term. Yeah. Um, sometimes voices come from panic. And you and you as a shepherd, you know, you have to navigate that. I think yeah, that's and, good. and just to clarify too, there's not all voices that speak into a situation like this are bad because people are bringing their own um, their own perspective, they're bringing their own personality, they're bringing their own experiences into a circumstance, and that is that is the driving force uh, of of where they're coming from. Yeah. But I just can't listen to all of them. Right. <laughs> that's good. Um, so as we kind of navigate this and we move into because next, next week's episode, um, if you're watch, listening to these in order, uh, our next episode is going to be about what we're going to do here at Salem to get ready for our opening. Yeah. Uh, pastor Harper, our executive pastor, is going to be joining us, and he's going to talk about the things that we're going to do. So if you're a, a Salem member and you're wondering, what are you going to do to keep us safe? You're going to get emails from us. You're going to get written things from us, but, you, yeah. but you, you're also going to get the audio. You're going to hear what, our hearts on that. And if you're a a member of another church or a pastor of another church listening, maybe you want to uh, feed into that and add into that. That'd be mm-hmm. helpful too. Um, so that's a good part of the conversation. So we're looking at jo- uh, opening back up right now, as of right now, because yeah. things always change. Um, we're looking at opening back up to on June 14th right. um, in that. Yeah. And it's a it's been tough. Um, I'll have to say that during this time, there's been some good, um, there's been some blessings. Mm-hmm. I'll say there's been blessings for me. Our kids... We're distance learning. Your kids were distance yeah. learning. It was kind of fun being the principal, or what I called the, I was the teacher of the lower school, which is the bottom floor of the house, while my wife was the, the <laughs> higher level teacher handling yeah. the difficult stuff. Um, I feel personally that I've been more connected to people right now because I've had to be more intentional about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, making a Zoom meeting, scheduling a phone call, yeah. uh, things like that. Even gone, we, we, a couple weeks ago, we, we had teacher appreciation, and I got to go visit people at their houses at six feet away and give them flowers. And right. I think I was more blessed by seeing people than maybe they were getting flowers. Um, so I think that's been a benefit. But like you said, we are the church apart, but we need to be the church gathered. That's a biblical part. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I think we're gonna, I think the things we have in place to keep uh, CDC requirements and safety requirements are gonna be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Pastor, give anything you want to add before we close out? Yeah, just you know, talking about this government authority, um, we uh, all along have been very, very clear. You know, we closed our services, or we, we, we didn't have services on our physical campus for the safety of our church members and the safety of our community. Um, and, and that was the request that came from the, gover- from the governor to, to do so in, in that way. You know, I, don't, I truly don't believe that in, in any of this we have acted in such a way that um, that goes against God's word. Uh, we, we've still met together as we can through through technology. 
there's some different viewpoints on that, but, but we've been able to, to do the best we can with the circumstances. And now it's a great opportunity for us to continue following the leadership of the, of the government as, as they have now allowed us to be back in our, in our facility or, um, and, and I'm excited about the coming days in which there's greater level of clarity coming for the relationship between the government and, and the church. It's been, it's been years since there's been any kind of, of clarifying what that looks like, but there's a lot of variables where you wonder, okay, what does this look like? What should separation of church and state look like? I think we're going to have a lot, lot more clarity in, in days ahead, and I'm looking forward to that clarity. Um, but at the same time, I'm looking forward to honoring God continually in the way we interact with our government authorities. And uh, that's something that all of us as believers should be seeking to do. And us as a church, collectively, um, should be seeking to honor God by obeying our authorities. All right, well said. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Yeah. This has been The Pursuit from Salem Baptist Church. Located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Salem Baptist Church exists to help people find and pursue life in Jesus. We would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook at SalemBaptist underscore WS. Or you can email us at info at salembaptistnow.org.